Thank you for listening to In Tech Today. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast app, but only after you've listened to this week's episode. Tech news and views. Recorded live in London. In Tech Today. In this episode, we look at Philip Hammond's uh, first and last spring budget and what it means for fibre broadband. We find out how the CIA is hacking you through your television. And uh, we look at just how terrible or successful the launch of the new Nintendo Switch console has been. As always, we're recording this live on Facebook. Join us at facebook.com slash Podcast, Or we're all on Twitter at Pod gets both of us, at JWOOT gets me, and at SwiftyNZ gets him. I'm Edward Swift. And I'm Josh White. And this is Intech Today for the 9th of March. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, for those who are listening to this, uh, sorry we missed you last week. Yeah. Uh, we we had a bit of an incident. Uh, when I say incident, Josh, do you want to explain what happened? It was volcanic. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. No. Basically... Um, Norovirus, ah. which is something that I always assumed was um, a pretty awful virus that you get on cruise ships. But it turns out it's very common in winter here in Britain. Um, and I got it. And uh, Tuesday morning last week, about 2 a.m., um, my sleep was disrupted by, like I said, vol- vol- too, too, much, too much information. Volcanic. Wow. Um, That's all I'm going to say. Do I need to, like, disinfect the table before no, we no, start? No, no, we're fine now. Oh, we're fine. Okay. But, but basically, Ed didn't want to catch it, so we didn't. We decided not to record. I, mean, I, hear, I hear it's a great way to lose room. weight, but I I felt I couldn't really take. Yeah, a few two and a half kilos lost in three days. Congratulations! Beat that weight, watches. <laughs> uh, so anyway, sorry we missed you last week, but we're here for another week, uh, and we've got plenty to talk about. Loads. So let's crack on. It's been a big week for tech, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So much on. And we'll start with a very, very current event, yesterday's budget, which was Chancellor Philip Hammond's first and last here uh, in the UK for spring, because he wants to do them in autumn now. Just, just because. He's like, no, I don't like a spring budget. We, we, we're going to do autumn ones. <laughs> you got to, you got to stamp your mark, don't you? Exactly. So there was a lot of talk. Um, well, there has been a lot of talk since the budget's come out, especially around things like taxes, national insurance contributions, but we're not talking about that because we're not a finance podcast. No. We're talking about technology, and very specifically, uh, the £200 million he promised yesterday for full fibre broadband. That sounds like a lot of cash. It sounds like a lot of cash, and it's on top of 600... No, sorry. It's on top of £400 million he promised in his autumn statement last year, bringing the total he's promised for full fibre to £600 million. Okay. And then you can double that again, because for every pound the government is investing, they're requiring that private enterprise invest another pound. So what? That's one point two billion pounds towards fiber yeah. broadband. But, yep, basically, if if uh, all of that investment is taken up by private companies. So basically, they're saying to private fiber companies, if you want to invest in private fiber in private private fiber broadband networks, we will contribute half of that. Okay. So it sounds like a pretty good deal. Um, but there's two questions okay. I have. Following this, the first one, six hundred million pounds, or one point two billion, if we want to look at the full amount. The that, full figure. Yeah, uh, is it enough? Well, I mean, it does sound like a lot. It sounds like it would be enough to get fibre going. It does, um, but the answer is no. Oh, I've done some calculations on this piece of paper. All right, hit me with your math. So, looking at it uh, now, again, these are very rough calculations, but um, the fact that I did two calculations based on two publicly available figures and came to the same conclusion, as you'll find out very shortly means that I think these are pretty accurate. So, 
full fiber broadband, which uh, a very basic background is having a glass fiber cable all the way to your house, which 99% of British homes don't have at the moment. Yep. Um, now in York, Talk Talk and City Fiber have teamed up in the last few years to build out a full fiber trial. So they're basically trialing this new technology in York. Uh, about 40,000 homes, I think, they're hoping to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've said that it costs about 500 pounds per household uh, that they run past with this new fiber network. So that's the cost of the network, about 500 pounds per household. The UK has roughly, at last count, 26 million households. Just a few to get by then. Yep. Uh, so if... You were to reach 80% of those, which is about the number of homes that are in urban areas, uh, plus or minus a couple of percent, uh, that would cost you £10.4 billion. Pounds. Okay, so that's um, about a little bit times, short. Yeah. A little bit short of the cash you need. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, that's just one calculation. Let's look at something else. Let's look home, New Zealand. Okay. Paradise. Aotearoa. (laughs) Now, back home uh, in New Zealand at the moment, they are actually rolling out full fibre to almost every urban household uh, with the intention of replacing the copper lines, the old copper phone lines. Yeah. And that is a project that is costing 1.75 billion New Zealand dollars or about 1 billion pounds. Um, That sounds quite cheap, but you've got to remember uh, that New Zealand has 4.7 million people. We have fewer people, but certainly New Zealand is more sparse. It is is more sparse, but ignoring the the density or anything like that. So it's costing a billion pounds. uh, And if we break it down by population, that's about 460 New Zealand dollars or 200 pounds per person they're connecting, not per household. So, if we were to take that £200 per person figure and uh, connect 80% of the UK's 65 million people, it would cost... Calculate out for this one. £10.4 billion. Which is exactly the same figure I um, came up with when calculating based on TalkTalk. So, I I like to think this is a relatively accurate... It sounds like pretty solid math, and it sounds like you've got the math right, and they might not have it right this time around. Well, that's the thing. So... Basically, we're we're looking at about ten billion pounds to connect eighty percent of the UK to mm. full fibre, uh, and the Chancellor is throwing essentially pennies at at the problem. Which brings me to my next question: mm-hmm. Is it necessary? Yes. Do we really need to do it? The current situation we have in the UK, and we did talk about this on the previous broadband special, yep. is there are two national networks that offer you so-called fibre, and that's the BT Openreach network yep. and Virgin Media. Mm-hmm. Both of them do run fibre nationally, but only as far as that green cabinet in your street. Mm -hmm. And from there, it relies on a copper wire to your house. Yeah. Two different copper wire technologies based on the two networks, but still, it's an old technology. Still gives you a decent speed, but might not. But it's still, you're right, it's old technology. It may not be as fast as what might be around the corner in 10 years time. Well, 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 that's it. And also, in many cases, it's very old wire that's very expensive to maintain. And being uh, because, of course, fiber optic uses light signals, copper uses electrical signals. And the UK is quite a wet country. Um, Buried cables, when they get wet, if they're copper, they don't work. Yeah. If they're fiber, light can pass through water. Yeah. No worries. So basically, fiber being glass, uh, it's capable of virtually unlimited upgrades because it can carry the speed of light. So at the moment, most technology with fiber broadband will allow you around a gigabit of speed maximum. Mm. But as time goes on, we can upgrade the technology at each end of the fiber line and keep getting higher and higher and higher speeds. Mm. Um, So it's it's future-proofed. 
And it's not just for fun stuff like video streaming. Well, what else is it for? Come on. This has got to be said. Well, I mean, we're we're looking at Brexit. We're facing Brexit with a very concerned face sometimes. Breakfast means Brexit. Uh, I mean... (laughs) We know what you mean. Um, So we're looking at Brexit. Post-Brexit, Britain needs to be very competitive. Yep. Now, in most other developed countries that Britain is wanting to compete with, they are rolling out super fast fiber broadband. And by super fast, I, I mean fiber to the home yeah. in one way or another. In Britain, we're not. Businesses need to be able to compete. They need to be able to connect to their markets. They need to be able to transfer data across the country, across borders very quickly. And if they're relying on an old phone line, that's not going to happen. No. So basically, what I'm saying here is that if Britain needs to compete, it needs to do it once and do it right roll out the fiber and uh it needs to do it now while it only costs 10.4 billion pounds because who knows how much <laughs> it's going to cost in two years time when the pound is worth bugger all thanks to article 50. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, so we need a lot more funding mr hammond yeah then your 600 million pounds it's well, just not an, going to cut it we've got another budget coming up what is it this spring or next spring that he's doing his next one uh this autumn will be his Sorry, this autumn. first major budget so there could be more investment yeah, maybe another in. 200 million pounds we might get to the magic figure of 10 billion in a couple of years time <sighs> we'll see how it goes shall we slowly 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 well you may have heard in the news this week about vault 7 and wondering what the hell is vault 7 and why should i care it's a big dump of wikileaks documents um you look perplexed. I was just thinking, what the hell is Vault 7 and why should I care, Ed? <laughs> oh, well, funny you should ask. It's a big dump of documents from WikiLeaks. It's about 8,000, 9,000 pages showing how the CIA was working to hack into things like your laptop, your phone. Um, specifically e- my laptop. Specifically this one, not yeah. my one. No. Um, but how they could actually use malware to get into your, um, you know, get into your devices. Uh, you yeah. can get into your TV and actually spy what? on you. I know. It's crazy. Oh. And and spy on you, you know, take recordings, take videos, um, and basically transmit that data back to keep an eye on, you know, persons of interest. Um, like Ed. Like me. I'm. Why, why am I a person of it? Is it the look? We can't. We, we cannot divulge oh, such we can't. information. We'll just edit that one. That okay. One. <laughs> um, but why does it matter? I mean, there are there are two arguments to the story. There's there's the old old uh, nothing to hide, nothing to fear argument, which is valid on its merit. You know, if, if well, if we you know nothing to hide, nothing to fear. If that were valid, none of us would shut the curtains at night when we're getting changed. Okay, we've all s- got something to hide. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna block that view out of my mind. I do wear trousers oh, during the goodness. recording, just just to reassure the, the audience. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so there are, I mean, there is that side of it, but I mean, you know, your standard conversation with your flatmates, or your partner, or your kids, the CIA or MI5 or whoever, they're not necessarily, gonna, they're not really going to be interested in that. However, it does pose that risk, that the fact that they can get anything from your household and if they can get anything from your household what can the other side do and people that want to use that information to actually use that against you it's a major privacy issue it's a major security risk um 
but the thing is there's not much really you can do about it except go offline because there's always ways to um, you know to get into your laptop whether it's um, through what's been described in Vault 7 or through other other means I mean we saw Mark Zuckerberg he uploaded a photo uh, what was it last year sometime and you could yeah. see in the photo he'd actually taped up his camera and put something in his headphone socket so they couldn't actually spy on him but there's nothing to say that there are other ways to get around that um, you know it is about taking precautions like that and, uh, and you know hiding what you know, you know taking those little extra steps it may not be perfect but it's something uh, something that'll help yeah well uh, and, 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 uh, and I've got to agree that the concern isn't necessarily just that the government can listen to everything and and just on that point, while you say nothing to hide, nothing to fear, especially around your everyday conversations, that's true now, but governments change. <laughs> that is true. Um, so always be aware. We, I think we should, just as a general rule, as a population, always be wary of exactly what information the government can get from us or anyone can get from us. Maybe I'm being a little tinfoil hat right now. That's all right. They can um, hear everything we're saying on this podcast by downloading it on iTunes, at least. Well, brilliant. Yeah. Hello, government. Hello, government. Um, but the other thing is governments are inherently terrible and if we look around the world um you'll see this has been proven true time and time again at keeping your data secure <laughs> so if they're collecting everything about you it, it who, you know a very quick um hack of whichever department is collecting this data um who knows where it could end up? In fact, there was one security company which came out yesterday after this news. Sorry, not yesterday, the day before. Mm. After the news, this news came out and said, actually, the government's computer systems are very old and outdated and they're not as secure as they need to be. And the governments actually need to have an overhaul of that security. I mean, it's even more so if they're collecting people's private data, even if they're doing it, uh, you know, through the use of filling out a driver's license form. That's got details like your date of birth, like mm -hmm. all, all those private details that you use to verify yourself, mm -hmm. um, let alone if they're recording conversations or, uh, you know, trying to track down uh, bad people through this method. It, you know, it does pose a risk to their security as well. So... <laughs> I'm trying to think of an answer to my own question here. I was like, <laughs> what's the takeaway here, Ed? Is there anything we can do? Well, no, not really. This? We need a bunker. That's what we need. Right. We need a bunker with no technology. That's the thing. There really isn't much you can do about it. I mean, you can petition your MP to, yeah, uh, that works. to do something about it, but nothing that will probably change nothing. There's, yeah. There is literally nothing you can do about it except be aware about it, know that maybe necessarily your conversations that you have around a phone are aren't as secure. I mean, it's the old radio analogy. You never you never swear in front of a microphone. Even though it's off, it may be on somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good point. And <laughs> um, we've all been bitten by that. Yeah. The other, there are a few things you can do to, um, you know, to protect your communications, though. Yeah. Say, for example, I'm messaging you uh, through my phone. I could use a variety of things from text message to messenger um, to WhatsApp. The good thing about WhatsApp is it's secure end-to-end -end encryption. So that way there's no, there's technically no way that it could be hacked. Or so they say. Or so they say. I mean, we don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, it's it sounds like it's pretty secure from yeah. from all the reviews and everything. So there are apps like that which allow you to um, connect to others securely. It means people can't actually hack your conversations. The other thing Good. is, the other thing is um, you know, as we saw with the David Beckham email leak a few weeks ago, if there's something you don't want out there, don't put in an email. Because, you know, even if you know that's, you're... That's classic. Don't do that. Even if Especially I'm sending a work it to email. you. Even if I'm sending it to you, someone who I trust. This is the part where you say thank to you. To a point. Yeah, to Thank a, you, Ed. You're welcome. Um, someone, it's totally mutual. Yeah, totally... What? <laughs> 
uh, so you know someone that I trust sure yeah. I know that you're not going to send that email on to anyone or leak it or anything but there's nothing to say that someone could easily hack your email or my email and find that conversation yeah, so it is true. about um, you know being secure around your communication and around your devices the other thing you can do is um, it's called a VPN, uh, virtual private network, and allows you to connect securely. Uh, it's a to, very pretty network. It's a very pretty network. Um, it allows you to connect securely, especially so if you're on public. Voice out of it. <laughs> You've been trying to get that out of me every episode, yes. haven't you? Finally. Now I'm going to try and get it out of you every other episode. <laughs> anyway, VPNs. It allows you to connect securely to a server um, anywhere in the world. Uh, you can set one up for, uh, you know, at your home network, or you yeah. can pay a monthly fee and go with, uh, you know, uh, you know, a mass, um, a mass scale one. Yeah. The advantage to this is that if you're, especially if you're on public Wi-Fi networks, mm-hmm. people can't, you know, intercept what you're doing. You know, especially if you're using internet banking, you should. Well, you should never do that on a public Wi-Fi network no, anyway. No. But if you absolutely have to do anything like that or send an email or whatever, connect through a VPN when you're on a public Wi-Fi. It just makes it that little bit safer. Essentially makes your whole connection encrypted and private, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Also, they tell us. Also. <laughs> There's always a back door. <laughs> We've got the tinfoil hats on today, don't we? We really, really do. So um, join us next week from the Intech Today security bunker. Where we will have no technology and you won't be able to actually watch or listen to this. And from security to um, fun, I guess. Well, is it fun? Games. Well, I thought it would be fun. I was really excited about this. Who wasn't? It's the Nintendo Switch. It's the latest games console from Nintendo. And it's supposed to be the first of a new generation of games consoles um, that essentially allows you to play your console games both on the TV like you've been able to do with every other console since the 1970s uh, and on the go on this dedicated gaming tablet which sounds it sounds awesome I mean I know that other like Sony tried to do that with the latest PlayStation didn't it worked okay but you still had to be at home for it to work it wasn't dedicated no no No. this you can actually do on the go without needing to connect anywhere else the tablet is the console yeah basically it's the concept is awesome uh, really, really, really cool. Hold up, well, I just want to pull you. You said the concept is awesome. The concept is awesome. What happened? The execution ah. so far looks terrible. So oh, the Nintendo Switch was released um, pretty much worldwide on Friday. Yep. And in the UK, it costs £280, which is... It's not too bad. It's not bad. It's still a lot of money to pay for something that's not very good. Um, so almost immediately over the weekend, we saw... Tweets, online reviews, YouTube videos of the kinds of problems people were having. Um, the first one, and this, this this was really, really funny, it, just how terrible um, it was, is so with the Nintendo Switch, you've got your gaming tablet and to play it on the TV, you slide the tablet into a docking station, which then takes the signal into your TV and charges it at the same time. So it, it, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dock... Is this the CIA? I'll sort this. I think they're hacking your phone, mate. So, yeah, my phone just went from a live stream of us to uh, a map of London. <laughs> that was weird. That was very weird. <laughs> just um, just anyway. it's a bush phone. It's a good phone, man. Uh, <laughs> review coming soon. So, <laughs> this tablet, um, when people started sliding it into their docks, uh, they realized the dock was just the right width. And with no protection between the sharp plastic on the inside and the screen to start leaving deep scratches in the screen of the tablet oh, immediately. No. 
So this is something that's designed for the screen to slide in and out many hundreds of times over its use. And after a couple of uses, scratches in the screen. So that's, that, that is awful design. Um, the left controller. Now with this switch, you've got two controllers and they normally sit on the tablet. Yep. And you hold it. So it's like a um, P, it's sort of like the PS Vita where yep. you've got buttons on one side, buttons on yep. the other side, screen in the middle. Like every horizontal con- um, handheld game since the Game Boy Advance, basically. Yep. Um, but these controllers slide off to play on the TV. Now, the left controller, when you slide it off, a lot of people have reported that six feet away from the television, which would be a typical distance between couch and TV, yep. doesn't work. Oh, what? Doesn't connect. And someone allegedly opened up their controller to have a look at the antenna, uh, and the antenna was wired in a way that meant it just wasn't getting the signal out. And they spent five minutes resoldering the antenna inside their controller. And it worked you shouldn't have to do that, with, especially with a brand new console that's only days old. You'd think these things would come up in testing. Um, <laughs> also coming up in testing, again, with the controllers. So with these controllers, like I say, you can take them off the screen and then each, each person can have one of these two sides. So from, it turns from one controller into two. Yep. Um, now, to do that, they, Nintendo recommends you slide a bumper onto the controller which uh, takes the sort of you know fiddly sharp bits that normally slide into the uh, tablet and blocks them off basically so it's more comfortable in your hand yeah now like most things that connect to one another you know most electronics that connect to one another there's a right way and a wrong way to do it Mm -hmm. but with most electronics if you try it the wrong way it It won't do it it doesn't do it or if it does you you can fix it uh with the nintendo switch if you slide the bumper on the wrong way it is stuck and will not come off this sounds like it has been the worst product release from Nintendo ever. I mean, they've had some some shockers in the past, but this is this is pretty bad. Oh dear. Uh, but the biggest and most more? complained about issue. There's I, more. I left the biggest to last. Oh no. Um, now the Nintendo Switch comes with a 720p HD screen. It's not the the most. It's not the best resolution, but apparently, but it's an IPS display. It looks really nice. Still in pretty the hand. good for a handheld device. And it's a six-inch screen, so you're probably not going to notice the difference between 720 and 1080p. Yeah. Um, but uh, dead pixels. No. Lots and lots of dead pixels. Now sometimes. The occasional screen will ship with dead pixels. That happens. The, my first uh, Amazon Fire tablet that I got had a couple of dead pixels, and I took it right back to the shop, and they said, oh, yeah, that's no good. We'll swap it straight away. Yeah, um, makes sense. And, it's and a it, faulty and, product. Yeah, and it's rare. It's a fault in manufacturing, but it's rare. Mm. Um, Nintendo's official response is up to five dead pixels. Five, five, which is a big square, which is not working in the middle of your screen, is normal. Uh, should be expected and is not a fault. I hope they've, I hope they've reversed that position in the last few days. I haven't seen any. I mean, oh. I haven't looked today, to be fair. So if they've come out today, Nintendo, thank you for doing the right thing. Took finally. you long enough. Uh, if you haven't come out today, what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, that's the watery response. Uh, but it still is smashing sales records for Nintendo consoles. Because uh, it's a great concept. You're right. It is a great concept. It's a concept people get excited about. And when you're really excited about something, you ignore all the problems. You'd think that people would have heard the problems by now and thought, oh, actually, no, I don't want to fork out 200 odd quid on this. I'm just going to wait for them to come out with a fixed version. Well, that's certainly what I, you know, that was my response. So, um, first of all, how and why did it happen? We don't really know why Nintendo's released such a uh, half-assed product, for want of a better word. Mm. But there have been rumors online that, I mean, Nintendo's, uh, Nintendo's success in, the, in this current financial year that's nearly over has sort of 
zoomed up and then just crashed down and zoomed up and crashed. It's been a weird year for them financially. They came out with Pokemon Go and that was a massive success mm. for, for several weeks. And, and it wasn't just, even their product in the end. It was just them licensing the, yeah. the Pokemon. They didn't have to do anything really. And But then after a few weeks, bottomed out. And their share price followed. Then, before Christmas, they came out with the uh, Nintendo Classic Mini, which was a digital re-release of the Super Nintendo... Inter- no, not the Super Nintendo, the just the Nintendo, Nintendo Entertainment NES. System. Yeah, yeah NES. Um, and that was so popular, it sold out within days. And they're still sold out. They cannot make enough of these still. So again, share price goes up, massive success. Oh, they can't meet demand. Share price bottoms out. Mm. So it sounds like there was a lot of pressure from shareholders to get the Nintendo Switch out there before the end of the financial year to try and just... Calm things down. You know, yeah, get get a successful product out there. But that means it looks like they rushed quality control. uh, They rushed design. And they've come out with this. So my thinking is I'm not going to buy one. at the moment they'll come out with a second release maybe later this year before christmas but again that could be rushed hopefully they'll take a bit more time uh, and have a second release next year then i might think about it but at the moment 300 pounds plus you know i'd want to spend a bit on accessories mm. not worth it it's always it seems like they've got into that um that terrible um you know terrible loophole of making a terrible first product but the second product's going to be actually yeah. so much better yeah and we've got to be fair to nintendo here this is not uh, unique to them uh, if you remember the the xbox 360 uh, when it came out the red ring of death and <laughs> thousands and thousands of xbox 360s were dead within six months of of purchase the, the that was the release batch uh the playstation 2 um scratched the hell out of discs the first release of that um, yeah so again maybe this is a theme in consoles but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be you'd think they'd get it right by now you'd really think they would it's time for the Techno Dinosaur. Or not. Uh, Michelle's on holiday at the moment, so she's tech-free and enjoying herself. I actually have no idea where she is. She did tell me, but I wasn't listening. Are you sure she hasn't just gone missing and we haven't heard from her because she hasn't figured out how to it's possible. sort her phone? It's possible. <laughs> but instead of the Tech Dinosaur, we thought we'd uh, just wrap up with a few little things from yep. uh, previous episodes. Yep. Um, earlier, I think, was it three, four weeks ago, we talked about uh, your dealings with three. Yes, we did. And I have uh, basically success. Yes, finally, I, finally, good news on Intech today because we're a bad news podcast, really. Uh, um, so a few weeks ago, we talked about how I was on a plan on three, and I wanted to upgrade that plan. And I had been told by both the three shop and their call center that to do so, even though I was offering to, to pay them more money and extend my contract, they said, "Well, you'd have to pay an early termination fee," mm. uh, which is not good customer service. No. Uh, I ch- thought I'd try one last time. Uh, mm-hmm. last week so I went down to the three shop and I explained my problem and he said actually yeah I, I think we might be able to do this but you have to call the call center and go to the cancellations team instead of just the normal customer service team even though you're not intending to cancel they're mm-hmm. the ones with the power and I thought okay so I called out, called them up and I pushed the button for cancellations uh, and I got a very friendly guy explained my problem and he actually said okay no yeah I understand what you're trying to do here let me see what I can do so I've ended up with uh, the new plan I wanted double the data uh, a significant discount my contract hasn't been extended and mm-hmm. I'm only paying a pound more a month that's not too bad so that was really the result I wanted mm. uh, and more it's so a, it's a win for Josh we've got to say well done to three actually I was really impressed with them they called me the other day to say uh, you know we want to are you interested in a new handset we've got these great super voice plans or, or whatever I said no I'm happy with my handset and they said okay well you know 
uh, would you like to upgrade your plan anyway? We can offer this, this, and this. It will be around this much. And I said, no, look, I'm actually paying £17 a month and I'm getting unlimited data. Which and is they, rare these days. Which is rare. I mean, yeah. they don't actually do that plan anymore. And I, mean, and I get the full roaming package out of that as well. Excellent. And instead of trying to give me reasons that I should change my plan, even though I'm still with them, they were like, oh, no, actually, that's a pretty good deal. You know what? Don't worry about it. If you do feel like you're not getting enough or you do feel like you want a new handset, do give us a call. But otherwise, we'll leave you be. And I was thought, fantastic customer service there. Not trying to force me on something I don't want. Yeah, and and th- that's kind of what we want, and it's kind of what we were asking for when we talked about three a few weeks ago. So thank you for listening to our podcast three. Thank you. Uh, uh, the second thing that I just want to briefly talk about is uh, a question that I have had since our last episode two weeks ago, which was the broadband special. Yeah. Uh, now you've just had fiber installed from BT. Finally, I've just had uh, an upgrade from a BT connection to a TalkTalk connection. Both of those are fiber packages that mm. run their last mile, so called, over copper. Um, basically, that's if you've got fiber and it, in the UK and it's not with Virgin Media, you've got this kind of fiber. Yeah. Um, and you'll you'll know you would have been told uh, that you need to plug the fiber router into the master socket. Yeah. Because your phone, your landline signal, and your fiber signal come into the master socket very you know strong they're strong signals at that point and then it breaks out into yeah. your other sockets around the home beyond that you've got a phone and a fiber signal sort of blending down a likely terrible copper phone wire um and they're going to get mixed and things it's like not, that it's going to work but it's not going to be great no in some cases it doesn't even work depending on your your home's yeah. wiring the question i've had is my master socket's in a terrible place this is actually relevant to me too because my <laughs> master socket is in a terrible place behind furniture in, in my bedroom um, can I plug my fiber router into another part of the house? The answer is yes, you can. Uh, you can ring up your provider and have an engineer come around and install a data extension for about £200. Or you can join me in an upcoming video as I take about £20 worth of eBay equipment and attempt to install a data extension myself. Apparently, it's quite easy mm-hmm. uh, if you're relatively confident with some basic DIY. So if you're interested in that, that'll be coming out on our YouTube channel, which uh, is not actually active yet, but we'll put it out on Facebook and Twitter when it is, um, and we'll see if it's successful. But essentially, uh, the end result will be I can have my fiber router in the lounge next to the TV, which is where I want it, um, and there will be no new wires running through the house Fantastic. so we'll be using a spare loop on the existing phone wiring but dedicating it to data so fingers crossed that'll work if it doesn't you'll know why we're not here next week and why we can't be streaming this live because josh would have screwed up his internet um if if my landlord listens to the podcast um i'll, I'll fix anything i break Hopefully you won't break anything. I, but it's, other than that, the broadband's all going well for you at the moment, the new the switchover? Excellent. Uh, yeah, happened. No worries. Um, Fantastic. And the speeds are brilliant. How about, how about yourself? Uh, myself, uh, I lost internet for about four hours because my previous provider cancelled the line a little bit too early. Yeah. Uh, but once it was up and running... Chance uh, to read a book. Yeah, exactly. Well, chance to read a book, chance to watch a bit of television. Yeah, oh, uh, live television. Live television. Whoa. I know, retro, right? Um and you know once it was up and running massive increase in download speed 10 times upload speed than what I had before so I am a happy chappy so here's our recommendation listener get fibre yep definitely get fibre and that's all the time we have for today's episode thank you so much for joining us and apologies again for missing last week I'll try not to get another virus fingers crossed and hopefully I won't catch it just by sitting here we will be back oh thanks Josh 
Um, we will be back next uh, next Thursday. Absolutely. Uh, live at 2.30 on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. And don't forget to tweet us all your questions as well at Pod. Yes, and uh, keep an eye on the Facebook and Twitter for some that extra content that I promised you earlier in this week. That is coming. It's just, God, finding time to do these things. It's difficult, Ed. It's very, very <laughs> difficult, but it is coming. And we want to be able to bring you more and more extra content. So if you've got ideas or questions or things like that, please do let us know. On that note, we'll see you next week. We absolutely will. Technology questions? Comments? You can contact the show on Facebook, In Tech Today Podcast, on Twitter, In Tech Today Pod, or at the website, intech.today.